Thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction. And it's always a pleasure to speak to people in South Africa, in Johannesburg, wherever they're listening from. It's always a pleasure. It's always an incredible opportunity to share so many words of chizuk from people that want to hear chizuk, from people that are so interested in changing. And uh, thank you to all those people that invited me, and especially to the Kohler Yad Shol, as you mentioned, it was a tremendous chus to be together with you for that Shabbaton. I still remember it, Ada Yom what an incredible and inspiring Shabbos for me. I really had an incredible time, and uh, I look forward to sharing more opportunities, Be'ezus Hashem, health allowing, Be'ezus Hashem. So, we, the month of Elul has begun. And every single one of us have already received the invitation. Just a few days ago, we had Rosh Chodesh Elul Thursday, Friday. And every single one of us received the invitation, Shloshim Yom Kodem, 30 days before the basin, before the judgment, we received the invitation, you are invited to Din. You're invited to a judgment which affects all of our lives, all of our families' lives, and all of our future generations as well. There's a Sefer, Shari Amnon, and he brings an incredible marshal. brings a marshal of a person that knocks on the door of the office of a very wealthy, big, bold stalker. This person was in a desperate situation, and he needed, desperately, a very generous loan. The secretary tells him, I'm terribly sorry, but, you know, today's a really bad day. Today's a day, the boss is busy, he's got meetings all day, he's meeting with people, perhaps you want to come back a different day. And he said, I can't, I'm, I, you don't understand what situation I'm in. No, no, no I'm going to come back in another hour. So she says, okay, no problem, if that's what you want to do, no problem. He comes back in another hour. And the secretary again says, I'm terribly sorry, but the boss is just inundated with phone calls and meetings and things going on. Until eventually, three, four, five hours later, the boss notices this man backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, in the waiting room. And he says to the secretary, who is this guy? And she says, he's been here since this morning. He obviously needs something desperately from him. And he says, send him in. So he comes in, and the wealthy man says, what can I do for you? And he says, listen, you have to understand, my situation is a terrible situation. You must help me, please. Please give me some siyat dishmaya. Help me, and give me a loan. And the fellow says, you're absolutely right, 100%, you've waited so long, for sure, I'll give you a big loan. He writes out a big check, they make the details of when he's going to pay it back, and that's it. This fellow goes to Mincha, and he goes to Mincha and he meets a friend of his, and his friend says, wow, you're in a good mood today, I saw you this morning, you look terrible, you look so, so much anguish and so much sour and pain, and all of a sudden you're okay? He says, well, I'll be honest with you, I got a tremendous loan and it, it helped me so much knowing that now I can breathe a little bit. He said, who'd you get it from? And he told him the details. I said, well, I also need a note loan. Maybe I'm going to wait till this guy comes to Mincha. So he comes to Mincha, the wealthy fellow turns up to Mincha and the guy goes running over to him and says, do me a favor, please, I'm in a situation. Maybe you can help me, I need a loan, I'll pay it back. And the guy says, no, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't help you. He said, I don't understand, but you helped my friend. Him you help, why can't you help me? And he said, I'll tell you why. He waited five hours. He waited five hours. And therefore, because he waited so long, that so shows that he took his situation very seriously. And that is a tremendous, tremendous idea for what Edo really represents. It represents that we don't just show up to Rosh Hashanah. It's impossible. You can't just show up to Shul on a Rosh Hashanah and say, All right, God, give me another year. It's not going to work. You have to have a preparation. And that preparation is in the time period that we are right now. 
And it's not just a hechetim to how to get to Rosh Hashanah. Okay, counting down the days till Rosh Hashanah. Some people counting down the days till Yom Kippur. Oh, we have to fast again. No, no, no. It's every single day has its own opportunity. There's an unbelievable Ramban. The Ramban says, incredible thing, he writes that Chodesh Elul, quote to the words of the Ramban, The month of El is the month that shows the tremendous love that the Rabbi Nishalolam has for his children, for us. This is when the Rabbi Nishalolam says, My dear children, I'm going to give you every chance in the world, day after day after day. Just come back to me. Just do tshuva. It's an incredible thing I'm going to say over something which I think I say every year, but how can I not give an Elul Shmuz without mentioning this year's site? And that is the famous Maral. Right? The Maril, I'm sorry. The Maril in Shuvas, Simon Lamad Gimel. With the Mar- and many, many, many people in a number of years have always asked me, where is this Maril? And repeat it again. So I'm going to say it now. The Maril says an incredible idea. He says that we know there's always an Indian to be Moisef Mechoyl al Kodesh. That means to bring in Shabbos early, to bring in Yontif early. We know the Gemara tells us by Shemitah, which is coming up next year. We know the Gemara tells us by Yom HaKippurim, to be Mekabal Shabbos, or the Kedusha of any Yontif earlier. To be Moisif Michoel al Kodesh. However, says, and it's Medayik, it's not Mufurish, but it's Medayik from this Maril in Shuvah Simon Laman Gimel, that he says that on Rosh Hashanah, don't make Kiddush until it's actually night. Right? Why? Because the days of Elul are you may Ava Verotzen. What's the reason? Because if a person would make Kiddush earlier on a Rosh Hashanah, he's bringing Rosh Hashanah early, which is very nice. But you're ruining and you're taking away some of the Elul time. That's how precious Elul is. Elul is such an incredibly precious time that to make Kiddush early is a problem because you're taking away a few minutes, just a few moments. What is it? Half an hour, 20 minutes? What am I going to do in that time anyway? No. In those 20 minutes, you can accomplish the world. That means every moment, right now, right now, we have the opportunity to change ourselves, to become better people, to become closer to the Rabbi Nishalayla. The Balatanya writes in Likute Torah and Parshas Re'e, he says, and he asks the question, if Elul is such, you may rachamim, there's so much, there's so much mercy, there's so much going on, we should make a yont of out of an Elul, out of an Elul itself. The days that we're holding, says the Balatanya, should be a yont of right now. We all know the famous Balatanya, and the Balatanya brings a moshal, and they say that the Satmarov used to cry when he used to say over this marshal. That the Balatanya brings down to understand, to, to explain to us what's going on in these days. What's happening and how much can we attain in this particular time. And he says that when a king is in his royal palace, in his royal city, only various people can actually join him. Not many people can go there except if you're important, various diplomats, various people that are close to the king, people that come from overseas, that are also from important places. But the regular Hamoin Am, the regular person, can't get anywhere near. But when it comes sometimes to a situation where the king leaves his palace and he leaves his residing city 
and he travels around the around the world and around the various cities and around the fields and he goes to various places. Here's the opportunity for a regular person to go over to him to make a request to get close to him, something which is almost impossible in the rest of the year. And that's what's going on now. Right now, as we speak, is the time of Elul. It's a time, as the Balatanya says, and the Satmarov again would cry when he said this. It's an opportunity that we have, what an incredible opportunity, to get close to our Father in Shemaim. To get close to Avinu Sheba Shemaim, Avinu Malkeinu Rebbeinu Shaloylam, Rebbein Kaloylamim. Incredible Melech, Malchei, Amalochim. We, little we, have an opportunity to get close to Hashem. How can we waste that opportunity? Adni v'doidi, v'doidi li, as we know the Rosh Hashanah Elo, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine, Shira Shirim, Perik Vov, Gimel, how important it is to understand that the Rabbi Nishon wants us. He's waiting for us. He gives us opportunity after opportunity to try and become a better person, to become closer to Him. That's what He wants. But yet many people don't use the time and use the opportunity that we have. I'll tell you an incredible thing. A Misa came in front of Rebbe Lezim and Mintz. That's the Urim, it's Portland Hagar, Sashri, in the second parakel, Bob Metzia. Rebbe Lezim and Mintz was famously known as the Urim. Incredible, incredible, incredible idea he brings. And he says like this, what happens in the following situation? A Yid buys a barrel full of lead from a Goy. And he buys this barrel, he wants to cover his roof, there's a lot of leaks going on, and he needs to cover the roof, so he buys a barrel of lead in order to cover the actual, the roof. So he buys this barrel from the guy. He changes his mind, he says, nah, I don't think I need to go and do the roof in the end, it's not the end of the world, it's not so bad, I can live this way, it's fine. So he sells it to another Jew, who also needs to do his roof. Afterwards, Jew number two, who bought it from Jew number one, who bought it from the guy. So Jew number two opens it up and finds that it's full of money. It's full of gold coins. Now, who does that belong to? Does that belong to the guy who sold it originally? Does it belong to Jew number one who bought it from the guy and resold it? Or does it belong to Jew number number two who bought it from the Yid? And the, uh, the Uraim brings down, he says like this, there's no question the halacha is, it belongs to the second Jew who bought it. And he says like this, The first Yid that bought it from the guy wasn't Zeicher in it. He never required it. You know why? He didn't know what was inside. And if you don't know what's inside, you don't get it. Says the Urim, Rabbi Nutam was masking to him. You know what that means? Rabbi said, listen to this. A person can have the most incredible treasure in his hands. And it just slips through the hands. Slips through the fingers. It falls through the cracks. Because he doesn't realize what he has. He doesn't realize and appreciate everything that he has. You know, it's all about a preparation. Everything is about preparation. The more preparation you do, the more effort you put into that preparation, the better the result will be at the end of that preparation. In other words, the more prepared we will be
Shofar when we come into Rosh Hashanah. And we crown the Rabbeinu Shalom as our Melech. And we say the Malchias. And we say, Rabbeinu Shalom, you're the king. But you can't just do it that way. Somebody was once watching somebody else in Slichas. And it, the Rav came over to him afterwards and he was doing the video with all the Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, Vachulei. And he was banging not just one hand, which is the general custom, is you take one hand and you, you bang the chest. But he's actually, he was taking two hands and he was going on either side, banging the chests. And the Rav came in and said, to him, I'm, you know, I'm very curious, like, where did that minhag come from? I've never heard of such a minhag of banging with both sides at the same time. Like, what's going on? He says, no, 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 it's not a minute. I, I just came late, so I just wanted to make up for lost time. So I just like started banging and doing two at the same time to make up for lost time. And the answer is, if we don't prepare, then we weren't going to feel anything. We're just going to walk into a Rosh Hashanah. We'll walk into a Yom Kippur. We may have all the latest storybooks and all the Gvaldiga Chizik Shmuzin that we heard. But if we ourselves don't take action and do something, we're not going to get very far. I want to talk a little bit practical, right? Because, you know, beautiful, gewaldic, elol, great, wonderful. What do you want me to do? <laughs> now what? Okay, so it's wonderful. Now you told me that this man of elol is a chash of his man, and we've got a chaperine every second. Okay, to do what? What do I need to do? So I want to share with you one small idea, which I think is very, very practical, and I think all of us can gain from this. That Rizal brings down in Parshas Mishpatim another remez, another hint to elol. And he brings a posse in Parshat Mishpatim. We're talking about somebody that killed unintentionally. And where does he go if he killed unintentionally? He goes to the Ori Miklot. That's what the Torah tells us. Somebody that was negligent, someone that was negligent, he should have been, he could have been more careful. So... Spells L. What, what on earth is the connection? Those words that we hear again and again and again over L. Okay, that we understand. Beloved, beloved, we're Hashem's children. Hashem is our father. Hashem wants us back like every father wants his child back. That we understand. But what's this got to do with it? Somebody that goes to the Ari Miklot, he killed negligently, he has to go to the Ari Miklot, he has to go to the cities of refuge. What exactly is the comparison, and why does this particularly spell El? The answer, as something I heard many, many years ago, was, who goes to Golas? Who goes to the Ari Miklot? Somebody that was negligent. Somebody was negligent, right? In other words, if you're negligent with somebody else's life, you go to the Ore Miklot. Now, who, what type of person is a person that's negligent with somebody? Not what someone does on accident. By accident, you don't go to Golis. You don't go to Ore Miklot when you kill someone by accident. We're talking about negligence. You could have been more careful. You should have been more careful. Come on, you could have done better than that. And you didn't. What type of person is negligent with somebody else's life? The answer is someone that doesn't appreciate life. Someone that doesn't appreciate and treat life with the utmost severity, that's someone who has to go to the Ori Miklot to contemplate and to realize what exactly is life all about. If you, someone is negligent with somebody else's life, it's a simon that he himself doesn't appreciate life. And therefore, as we know, the Mishnah in Pirkeyavis, Yafa Sha'acha Shal Chuvo Maisim Toivim Ba Oilam Azeh, Yosemikol Oilam Abo. 
that a person can spend a few moments in this world and do tshuva. Tshuva means, and that's something that I say all the time, and I repeat it again and again, even if I sound like a broken record. What does tshuva mean? We always translate it as repentance. It's not repentance. That's not tshuva. Tshuva comes from the word shov. Shov is to return. Return to Hashem. Go back to how it's meant to be. Realize how important life is. And that's why these words specifically spell Elul. Because they spell Elul because Ori Miklot was someone that was negligent with life. Someone didn't appreciate life. That's what Elul is. Elul is to appreciate life. Elul is to understand what are we doing here? As the Mesilis Yishorim writes in the Haggadomah, And everyone should be thinking about this. What are we doing here? Our Neshoma came down a beautiful, clean Neshoma. A Neshoma which was so sparkling when it came into the world. And it went into our guf, it went into our bodies. And what happened? What did we do? Just imagine... If a person has a very, very expensive garment, beautiful, expensive coat, cost a fortune, and it became, became stained, it became sold, it got a little bit dirty, you go, I vi, I can't believe, you know how expensive this was? You know how much this cost me? That's crazy. What's he going to do? He's going to just rub it off or something? Oh, no, 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 no. He's going to find out this material requires a certain method of cleaning, and he wants to bring the garment back to its original beauty. And he's going to make sure to make the, make the finest cleaner, the person who does the best dry cleaning job, he's not just taking it to any dry cleaner, he's going to take it to the dry cleaner that understands and knows how to do things to remove the stain carefully, delicately, and to make sure that the, get the baguette and the garment goes back to its original beauty. He doesn't want to, de- doesn't want to damage this delicate garment. Whereas, imagine if a person has a schmutter, a rag, he has nothing, it's a schmatter that he cleans the floor with. And it gets a bit dirty. What's he going to say? Ooh, got to take this one to the dry cleaners. No, you dip it in a sink of water and you squeeze it out. And, you go, and that's fine with you. If a person really values his life, if a person really values the time that he spends on this world, then he will take the necessary steps in order to clean the blemish. In order to clean the blemish, to clean anything that may have happened that got a little bit soiled over the years in this world, that his guff, his clothing around the neshama got a little bit dirty, he'll take the necessary steps in order to do that. And that's what's incredible. We just had, in this week's parasha, parasha shows an incredible idea. And this idea is something that talks to us in this, in this exact topic. We have the month of Elul. And Elul is an important month, as we mentioned. But what are we meant to do practically? So the Ramban gives us the answer. It's the Ramban in this week's parasha. The Torah tells us, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdoif, Laman Righteous, righteous, you should, you should run after. So you should live and inherit the land. There is an incredible Ramban. The Ramban says like this, says the Ramban, you know what this means? The Ramban brings a Medrash. And the Medrash, says the Ramban, explains this Pasuk in a very important manner. Says the Ramban, you know what the Pshat is? And he brings us Alpi Kabbalah. And he says, what it is, is that Tzedek means judgment. Says the Ramban, if a person judges himself, he will live. If you don't judge yourself, Hashem will judge you. 
and you'll exist against your will. How do you judge yourself? What, is it, what does this mean? The Ramban brings a medrash at Sedek Sedek Tirdov Laman Tichyeh. If you want to live, judge. Says the Ramban, it means judge yourself. What do you mean, what do you mean judge myself? How am I meant to judge myself? So Revolba Zatzal and Dash Shloima brings this idea and he says, and he brings a Vilna Goin in Mishle, Perik Tezbov, Pasuk Base, where the Vilna Goin in Mishle says that every single person has a core desire that's the root of everything he does and everything he says. And therefore a person has to ask himself, what do I want to accomplish? Have I been accomplishing? Which direction am I heading? In the right direction? Or a little bit in the wrong direction? Which way am I going? Am I getting to my goal? Am I getting to the goal that the Rabboni Shalom created me and is saying, ah, look at my beautiful children, look what they're doing for me. Just like a parent looks at his child and his child is doing all the right things. The parent smiles. The utmost satisfaction is when a parent sees the child acting in the way that he would like him to act. What nachas. No, there's no greater nachas than that in the world. We should all be blessed with that. And the Rabbi Shalom is no different. The Rabbi Shalom looks at us as his dear children and wants to see us going in the right direction. And every person has to look into himself, into his inner self, and really know what is your core desire. What are you looking to do? Very deep inside, you may have come out a little bit during Corona when we did a bit all the quarantining and we weren't going to shul and we weren't going to our regular shiurim or our yeshivas or the regular schedule that we were following and all of a sudden our lives got turned upside down and we became the people that we really are. Now for some people that's scary, but for other people that's very exciting because that's who I am. That's what Shuvah is. That's what Elul is. Elul is the realization of what life represents, what life is, what opportunities we have. Every single person should take a moment during L, and there's nobody that doesn't have time. I have people that wrote me emails for my Dafayomi share, and they said to me, I thought I wouldn't have a moment to do Dafayomi. I'm a doctor, I'm a psychiatrist, I've had emails from all sorts of people. I don't have time to learn Dafayomi. But I found the time. Every person can find the time. You spend a few minutes every single day, a few seconds, you close your eyes, and you think to yourself, what am I doing? Am I fulfilling my purpose? Am I taking life seriously? The Ramchal says in Derech Chaim that this question is the strongest remedy that a person can find against the Yitzhahara, and the results are the most powerful and the most tremendous. And that is exactly what Elul is. Not only is Elul an opportunity for us to grow, not only is Elul an opportunity to get closer to the Rabbi Shalom, but it's an opportunity for us to find ourselves, for us to think and look into our inner core of who we are, what we represent, where we're heading to, and to make sure that we're in the right direction. And I just want to end with this. A father tells his son, My dear son, I'd like you to do me a favor. Could you please move this cabinet? So the son says, sure. Dad, no problem. I'll move the cabinet. So he goes over and he starts giving a little push. Nothing doing. 
Oh, this is a heavy one. Dad, this heavy one, this one. He starts to push it from that direction. It goes to the back, to the side. Starts pushing it. Nothing. Nothing doing. He says, well, one second, one second. He thinks to himself, okay, I'm going to get a few ropes. And he takes the ropes. He ties it around. He figures it'll get more, you know, more, more leverage. And he'll pull it that. Nothing doing. He tries this way. Something on wheels. He tries the that. Just doesn't, doesn't happen. He comes back to his father after two hours. He says, Dad, I'm really sorry. But I tried everything I could. I can't move the cupboard. There's nothing I can do. It's over. I can't help you. I can't do anything. And his father said, you did everything you could. You, tr- Mom, you tried everything? He said, yeah, I did. father said, no, you didn't. He said, Dad, I did. I tried everything I could. The father said, you missed one thing. You didn't ask me for help. Ask me. Says the Rabboni Shalom to us. You try, and we all try. And we're all doing great, and the Rabboni Shalom loves us. Because he sees every tiny little bit of effort and he says, look at my dear children, they're trying. Perfect, we're not meant to be. It's impossible. We're not meant to be perfect, but we're meant to be on the road to perfection. We're just meant to try. That's it. That's all the Rabbi wants of us in this generation. Tovshin Pei, 2020, where we're dealing with the Eitzahoras and we're dealing with the Sionis and we're dealing with trials and tribulations that no other generation dealt with. The Rabbi all he wants to see is a little bit of effort. Try something and ask for help. Because when you ask for help, Hashem says, sure, of course I'll help you. Which father would turn down his son and say, no, I'm not going to help you. Do it on your own. Our father, Avinu Sheba Shamayim, the Rabbi Shem loves every single one of us and he's desperate. He is craving Kaviyochel for an opportunity to have a relationship with us, to get closer to us. To build up that relationship all that might have been damaged a little bit over the last few months, over everything that went on. But he wants it, and he's waiting for us. And he's waiting for that opportunity, please, please, until the last moment, until the Ni'ila, until the Shema Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm waiting for you, my dear child. That's Elul. Elul is that incredible opportunity that we can spend every moment during Elul, whether we're driving whether we're walking, whether we're davening, whatever we're doing in the day, it doesn't make a difference. We can always tap in to the Gedusha of Elul. Tap in to re-energize and recharge ourselves in our relationship with Hashem to do tshuva, which means to return, to go back to Hashem, to look inside ourselves, see where we are, see where we're heading, and make sure we're in the right direction. And Be'ezah Hashem, the Rabboni Shalom should give us all a tremendous amount of Siyata Dishmaya. And if we try, we'll get it. Because Hashem only wants to give it to us. He just waits to give it to us as the marshal of a child that's called by his mother. And the mother says, my dear child, please come to the dining room. And he sees on the beautiful clean glass table a cup that's full to the brim of water. Full to the brim. And the mother says, my dear son, would you please knock the table? And the son's like, whoa, hold on a second. He knows his mother is a real neat freak. The, the, the floor is shining, the marble floor is shining. Isn't a speck of dust on the floor? The beautiful glass table is shining, sparkling away. He's going to push a glass of water. He's going to push the table. The whole thing's going to go flying. Any tap he does to that table, it's going to go flying. He says, no, I, I, can't. I can't. I can't do it. And she says, my dear son, please, do me a favor, push. And she says, I can't do it. 
and she takes his hand, and together with him she pushes the table, and the water goes overflowing and flying all over the table, and then goes onto the floor, and he's shocked, he doesn't know what to do. And his mother says, my dear son, this is a marshal to the Rabboni Shalolam. The Rabboni Shalolam is a kois molly. The Rabboni Shalolam is a cup that's full, full of rachamim, full of bracha, full of shefa, full of atzlocha, full of health, happiness, parnasa, shiduchim, children, everything's there. You just have to give it a little bit of a push. You just got to give it a little bit of a knock. Just try a little bit and it comes overflowing. And Be'ez HaShem, the Rabboni Shalolam will give us all through the efforts that we put in, through the trying that we do, the Rabbanishon will recognize those efforts and will say, my dear child, come, come home with me. And Be'ez HaShem, we should all be Zaycha together through the Chizuk, through our trying, to Chasim Chasim and a Gid Geben And thank you very much once again for inviting me. And it was a pleasure to spend time again. And everyone Be'ez HaShem should be Gebenched.